0: Welcome to another edition of 50 Years at Chelsea by the good old ship, the Chelsea fancast. And tonight, uh, I have to say, uh, for a multitude of reasons, personally, it's a very special season for me. It is the season 2001 to 2002, and I will explain all about that uh, later. And of course, it would not be a 50 Years of Chelsea episode without my good friend, the Right Honourable Lord of the Privy Seal, uh, His Highness Jonathan Kidd. <laughs> I've been promoted. You have. That's what a bit of absence. absence makes the heart grow fonder. J.K. Oh, thank
1: you so much. Yeah. Oh well, but lovely to be on the show. Lovely to see you. Mm. As we were saying earlier, it's, it seems it seems years suddenly if we're we're we're, we're together. Um, but uh, yeah, looking forward to this one. Blimey. Yeah. Blimey. As I say, I, every I say this every time I come on, looking forward to that. But it's the it's the terrible nightmares that it creates. It's the. Uh, it's the appalling um resurrection and uh, of memories that I had long banished into the long grass that reappear of dreadful performances and near misses and appalling referee performances oh, yes. as well. Oh, and they were that, uh, uh, yeah. all come all come back in yeah. uh, vividly yeah. as one looks at the season.
0: Yeah. yeah. But, Uri- uh, Uriah but, Rennie, Graham pole oh, Andy Derso oh, to name oh, three. And we think they're oh. bad now. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, um, luckily, it's not just me and JK to waffle on about all sorts of nonsense. We've got somebody with an actual brain on the show, a man who is so integral to the 50 years of Chelsea series that I quite often think after about five minutes of disappearing down the pub and leaving him to it because it would probably be a better show. It is none other than the absolute legend, Mr Mark Meehan. Good evening, Chidge. Good evening, JK. And good evening,
2: listeners. Uh, Looking forward to... Um, Tonight's show on the 2001 2002 season. Um, Some high spots and some low spots as well, and some Yukanovich spots as well to throw in. Mm.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, more of that later. Now, look, uh, before we get into talking about the season, as we always do, uh, a very short, quick plea, uh, plug plea, call it what you beg. I don't, you know, depend on what how you view it, really. But we do have a Patreon channel. Uh, and if you like what we do on the Chelsea Fancast, cast uh, and, it, you know, you can donate uh, a little bit of money every month, which helps me to cover the costs of doing the shows. Uh, and uh, therefore enables me to keep on doing the shows. Uh, there's no pressure. We don't have tears or anything like that. We, You know, we don't even really do much on it. Although I have to say, over the, over the summer, I have been uh, putting up a lot of our... You know, if you remember, I did those Chelsea specials, which we did on Podbean and made people pay a small amount for. Well, I've been putting them all up for free on Patreon uh, before I put them up generally on our platform to give you a bit of a sneak preview if you hadn't... Uh, had the chance to listen to them before, so it's not. I, I don't kind of sit there and do nothing. And I, of course, I will also send you a Kerry Dixon banner if you uh, if you join or sign up for Patreon. And of course, you can join our Discord group. I have to be honest and say I've I've left everybody on Discord to it over the transfer window. Uh, 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 call it season, I suppose because I can't be doing with it, but once the game's come back, I'll be uh, I'll be back in there and chatting with you all. Anyway, if you want to donate a bit of money every month, it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast, and it's greatly appreciated. Now, we always kick off the 50 Years shows with the kits, and uh, we have a new kit this season, and as J- JK can see, I am modelling said kit today. Well, I
1: say it suits you, Chid. It suits you. Yeah. Uh, I've got one in a plastic bag upstairs. I should have worn it as well, yeah. and then... Uh, Instead of which, I've got a uh, a rather retro um, uh, 1962 kit yeah. at the moment. Yeah, yeah, but, I, I can um, see that.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I've got look- a very very
1: large V, which uh, allows because of the weather's so hot. That yeah. probably too large a V. I've said though, I think some players actually wore this with the V enormously. Yeah. Yeah. But I digress. Yes. Um. What I loved about this kit, which uh, um, uh, uh, I think you're demonstrating, is the bagginess of the sleeve. It's not a tight sleeve. Yes, it is slightly flared and hangs rather excellently. And uh, may I say you're modelling it rather well. Yeah, thank you. Um, and uh, uh, But also, it was just, you know, Nike could really learn. I mean, you look back and people were saying, oh, Umbro's a bit dull. You look back at these kind of things and you think, actually, they weren't. They got it right. They really did. It's, it's a proper collar, football kit, mate. It's got beautiful. collars, a little yeah. bit of neck not an obtrusive collar. There was a, an element of silliness once with one of the collars, which was too big, and the uh, even their diamond just works well with it. And the you, you know you're not offended by the um, uh, the Millwall style badge, it's and of course it's Fly Emirates. But it's quite subtle, all, isn't it? subtle yeah. not yeah. big, yeah. and Fly Emirates of course is on the front. But um, a good kit, very good kit. And also what I love about the kits is it brings back memories of the players who wore the kit yeah. every single time yeah. as yeah. a consequence. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. Slaviza Jokanovic. <laughs> no, 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 more of him later the one thing that's missing i think is he could have had some umbro diamonds down the down the sleeve oh but...
1: no 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 that's true i never quite liked them. no i no, I, no, always loved those.
0: I, I, love I those but that's a bit of an early kit you know you go back and you yeah. can then think that's about 70s, 76 i know i know yeah um 26. i also i also like the white the all white uh away kit and the uh the the yellow third kit and I like the yellow fact that, with the blue flashes
1: under the arms excellent excellent kit
0: yeah I they're agree. all really good kits this year I mean we had the we have this kit that I'm you know the one I'm wearing now for a couple of seasons uh, the white one only lasted this season as did the third kit um, but yeah and they, I was interested to see we had quite a few combos where they'd, they'd wear the white shirt with the blue shorts uh, yeah. or they'd wear for some reason we wore some some blue socks on a lot of occasions sometimes blue socks with yellow with a yellow flash on the top it's all very red. Anyway, Mark, what what do you think? Did you like these kits? I did. I like I like the blue kit and I would agree with you. Although the
2: blue is a different shade of blue with that collar if you put the Umbro diamonds down the side you'd almost be talking retro sort of like 1978 Chelsea. It it's a good shirt and I agree Umbro they did some good kits and they were on a bit of a roll in this period. We talked about in the kits in previous shows, and they were doing some very good kits in and around this time. I always like a white kit. I don't know why Chelsea. I think white always worked um, well, well for us. I thought the third kit, the yellow kit, we used the previous season.
0: Well, we I, you you not, not yeah not from what I'm seeing here. You know, I nicked yeah. this from the from a really a really yeah. reputable website, and they say two thousand and one, two thousand and two. Yeah. So. And the,
2: well, we, we clearly had a yellow kit back then. Maybe it was a different type. I, I was pretty certain that that style kit, the, the blue underneath the arms, uh, we sometimes wore it with yellow shorts. And obviously, clearly, in, in the drawing here, it's with blue shorts. For some reason, I thought we wore it the previous season. But maybe I'm wrong. We can we'll always check that. But all three kits, very good. Well done, Umbro.
0: Yeah.
1: I much. Imagine- but I, my, my, com- my complaint about Umbro was that there was a period, I think, which was um, – uh um, 97 98 99 where so many of the, the Chelsea designs were being um used for other clubs as well and that was my I remember Everton's shirt being very similar to the Chelsea shirt and I felt it it it, it diminished the, the standing of the club if you thought well somebody else has got the same shirt made by Umbro whereas in this instance we're suddenly in a world of originality nobody else in the in the Premier League had a shirt like this and I think that's essential and I think that they were perhaps they were beginning to realise that they were bit it was easier to sell them if there was an L- aspect of originality about them.
2: Although the, the kit we had that was like Everton Sheffield Wednesday has very much become a cult kit now that yellow yeah, that down it, I, yeah. I actually like that kit and you probably won't get much change out of a few hundred quid on eBay now for it because there, there clearly is a demand amongst the youth um, to collect you know, original retro Chelsea kits, and that yellow one is very popular. It's a bit. It's almost got the same status as the the grey and orange kits. But yeah, these three kits, three very good proper kits, and Mark, proper proper, kits. proper kits, Mark.
0: Proper kits. At the
1: time, though, the, the grey and orange one didn't go down terribly well. People would rather read about I hated
0: it. it at the time. It's interesting, isn't it? How
1: it's it's evolved into this really rather. well uh, it's like this excellent. Cult
0: cult outfit. It's like 70s fashion. If you were in the 70s, you realise how utterly shit and devoid of any taste it is. (laughs) And suddenly, 40 (laughs) years later, it's all retro. Oh, no, it's great. No. Uh, Anyway, um, just one more note on the kit. I I, I bought this this season, and I'll I'll get into other reasons about that in a minute. But uh, you can't see it. But on the back of it, I have got uh, Chidge 10 on this. And the reason for that... Was because our our current number ten this season was none other than Slaviza Jokanovic, who I think is one of the worst players I've ever seen at Chelsea. Bless his little heart. And I bought, I I, I named it in process in protest that actually I'm a better number ten than Slaviza Jokanovic, and actually I'm shit at football. So that was kind of really sending a message out, I think. But uh, we digress. Right, ins and outs this season. Uh, well, we had a quite a busy, a busy summer, a quite a momentous summer really in terms of ins. Uh, we have William Gallus in from Marseille for £6 million too. Uh, We had Emmanuel Petit, Manu Petit from our, from Barcelona uh, for £7.5 million. We had uh, Joel Kitamarica from the youth. Uh, Carlton Cole signed his professional forms this summer. Robert Huth came in from the youth. Bolo Zenden also came in uh, from Barcelona. So basically Barcelona were our man city in 2001. £7.5 million for him but uh the most men- the moment the, arguably one of the most momentous days in Chelsea football club we can now say with 100% retrospect but on the 14th of June 2001 we signed Frank Lampard from West Ham for 11 million quid uh and i bet i was not alone in thinking how much mark i think there was a few people at the time
2: thought how much and If you look at Frank's first season, it probably took him a while to sort of get settled into the Chelsea side. And probably from next season, when we do that on the 50-year show, you really see that iconic player beginning to take a real hold of Chelsea midfield, getting those classic goals. There's quite a few signs of this this season, but again, you know, £11 million was a lot of money back then. Where you think now, £11 million probably wouldn't get you a third division player.
0: Yeah.
1: You think of the pressure on Frank for making that move at the time and the uh, the, um, the the obvious desire to be able to say look he's no good particularly from going around all the other clubs who were using the the uh, the fat frank phrase all the time when he'd been a bit chubby at West Ham but what I what I loved about looking at the the highlights for this is you just see this as you were saying mark you see those little moments where you think that that kind of movement that Frank does is so typical of him as he becomes such a brilliant player for the club. It, it, it's like these little movements he does in the very first game, as we'll see. He, I, I think he gets given the ball and, and, and he shoots and he then get, retrieves the ball, does an immediate turn upon himself, which was so typical of him, which is very similar to the goal he scored against Barcelona, and whips it back into the, into the centre again. There's these lovely little moments. And also the number of times he's in the penalty area in his midfield is uh, and having a shot although I is, think is, I think at the big, so, so
0: I think at the beginning yeah. of the season it was interesting because I think Ranieri had him playing a lot deeper, he was almost playing like a defensive midfielder and I, I remember like like we 've talked about this many a time j k but me and Dr. Mart, who I you know went, went quite a few times with this year, used to call him Frank lamppost because he was so st- st- you know static all the time he didn 't move much. You know, but you're right. Towards the end of the season, you started getting a glimpse of what he would become. It's the late runs, getting into the penalty. When he a... starts scoring the goals yeah, as well yeah. as the
1: season goes on. Exactly but also, that. I have to say, I think this is a lot to do with the manager. Yes. I think the manager had a huge, huge influence on um, not on his success. I don't want to give him saying that it's any success. The, the way that he got him to play initially and yeah. playing him out of position. And I think, I think so many of them made their own decisions to not play the way they were being asked to play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as as we'll discover as the season goes on.
0: I think that's a very fair point. Mark? You've to... also had big, big, big shoes to fill
2: because I know we're going to talk about it, you know, of, we've done the ins, but the outs, obviously Dennis Wise was one of the outs and the legend that was Dennis. Uh, and you probably did have those early comparisons, you know, with Lampard being, comp- you know, compared to Wise. And he wasn't really a direct replacement for Dennis Wise in my book. Yeah.
0: No, he wasn't. But I mean, you're right. Well, you know, if you if you think about it, um, you know, Frank was a was in a sense a replacement for 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 Dennis. Uh, you know, uh, and Dennis was by then a legend at the club. I mean, he's our most successful captain mm-hmm. at that time. So yeah, big boots to fill. I'm um, talking of and, the and yeah,
1: Ronnie Airichard. Sorry, been playing Dennis out on the right a lot of yeah. the time. he pissed him of off. Didn't he? If you remember UFC. the last
0: show oh. we did, he was well. Oh pissed off by the end of it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Talking of outs, uh, we let Mark Nichols go. Dennis was transferred to Leicester City for 1.6 million. Kevin Hitchcock went to uh, Watford. Uh, Bernard Lambord went to Bastia for 300 grand. Frank Leberf, uh who was an unhappy camper the season before, went to Marseille for 1.2 million. And John Harley went to Fulham for 3.5 million. I was very sad to see John Harley go because I like the look of him. Mark? I oh, great. Um,
2: mm. Very very good player. I think I said it on a previous show, I think the first time I saw John Harley play was in a Youth Cup game down at Fratton Park and he scores a brilliant goal um, with his left foot, top corner. And you sort of think, hmm, this kid can play. He can play left wing, he can play left back, he can play left of midfield. He had a beautiful left foot on him. I don't think he did bad at Chelsea. I think he was a good player and I think he did all right at Fulham as well. The only thing about the players out, have we missed the chicken kisser? Mr. Poye? Or did we cover that on the last show? Because didn't he leave? Um, he, well, I think the he... The 2001 2 season? Un- mm. un-
0: unless I missed a trick, uh, yeah. which is not unlike me. Uh, you know what it's like on Bound of Friday, which is where we get all of this from. Um, yeah. You have to go back to the previous season's end to find out who left... Uh, at the end of that because you'll miss it on the beginning of the next one if you see what I mean. And if I'm scrolling down here, we may well have uh uh I must have missed it. No, it's my it's my error. We did the, the chicken kisser left on the tenth of June uh, to Spurs for uh one point five million. So I it's just an error on my part. Okay. So I'll Can i just, I'll own that one. Just say
1: the two things I think it was interesting that Harley went for three and a half million. Yeah. Uh, which was obviously they were saying he's a decent player. I don't quite understand why they got rid of him, given the, uh, I mean, having said that, though, the the abundance of talent in the side, I suppose it makes sense there wasn't a place for him. But um, the other one, of course, Mark Nichols was... Hullett's favourite player. He just kept picking him all the time. And he then would surprise us all by scoring a couple of goals because he got two in the great 6-1 versus uh, Mm. um, the Spuds uh, in 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 that great victory. And um, and occasionally did quite decent things. But a lot of the time, the other time, just looked as if he was completely out of his depth. Uh, 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 And he, he then just went... I don't think he played for anybody with any kind of success no. after that at all.
0: No idea. But I, I
1: liked him. I liked him. I liked, He had a kind of um, ability just to get the ball in the net from time to time where you thought, oh, that's a decent goal. Oh, he surprised yeah. me. He's done nothing else. So,
0: anyway, uh, the most momentous date in the summer transfer window was in fact uh, the 1st of June uh, 2001 because that is the day that uh, Mrs Chidge uh, bought a flat in Pimlico, a flat that we still have actually in Sutherland street which meant that i having had a something like a four year uh, spell of isolation uh in Winchester uh came back to the fold and actually it also coincided with uh you know in the interim while i was down in Winchester my my uh, dr mart who you will remember those of you who have been listening to this show for 14 years well anyway um he he was uh, at the time married to my sister and uh discovered that uh, we love both love chelsea so he made a we made a devil's pact that should i move back to london because of course i'm far too lazy to get off my ass and come to the football from winchester he said you know when you move back we'll go and and that's this is the season that i return so for the first time in a long time on this bloody show i can actually talk with a little bit of authority about at least a few games anyway <laughs> and and actually give you some hopefully uh, funny uh some funny uh, uh anecdotes so we shall see I'll let you be the the judge of that you are
2: your manner your Pimlico manner has appeared a lot on television in the last few days a certain Mr Jeremy Hunt I recognize because obviously they've been filming outside his house as he gets on his bike um, before he got ousted uh, in the Conservative Party uh, leader election but I recognize that street he lives in because you can see Churchill Gardens estate in the background and I know Sutherland Street is very near to Churchill Garden. So I thought, oh, what street is he in actually in Pinnacle Hut? Well, I can tell you.
0: Did, I, I did can, to where he must have lived. Yeah. I can tell you exactly. Uh, oh. Because there's Westmoreland Place. Yeah. There's Westmoreland Terrace. Hmm. And there's Sutherland Street. He's in the Westmoreland. It's known as the Westmoreland Triangle. Now, we used to have a flat. We used to rent a flat in Westmoreland Terrace, which is the same street that, um, oh, for fuck's sake, the Small Faces had a flat down there, all right? He's in the middle between that, on the corner. I know exactly where it is, but he's literally, he must live about, uh, about 30 seconds stagger from my flat that I'm talking about. So there you go. They're all in there, loads of politicians around there.
2: Oh, yeah, and you've got Dolphin Square as well. A load of the politicians leaving Dolphin oh, Square. See, yeah,
0: you know,
2: people listen to the fan cast and they get all these other useful information I thrown know. in.
0: Yeah, sure. yeah. Let's give them some more useful information. Uh, the pre-season, we beat Cassia 14-0 in a friendly uh we beat representative valet de te, tever i've never heard of these people six and a, i'm just hoping that mark went to a few of these we beat Leighton orient two nil in a friendly qpr we lost two one three northampton town seven one burnley two one we beat them vicenza one one Udinese one one mark did you go to any of these
2: Chid, surely you went to the representative valet de teveri well, last
0: evening. who the fuck are they i've got no idea mate no, uh, I didn't, but I, I
2: know Ranieri, obviously this is his full first pre-season in charge, and uh, there was a gentleman um, who was editing the Chelsea magazine by the time, called Alex Leith, and Alex Leith was a, a Ranieri's translator, so I know he did a piece for the Chelsea magazine, and he took the whole squad over, and I think they stayed in a monastery over in Italy, and they played these Italian teams that no one had ever never heard of, including a representative Valley de Taveri.
0: So basically Ranieri uses it as an excuse to go home and see his mum. Absolutely. Good yeah. on him. All right. Um, I mean, it's a good point, actually. I mean, it, it, this was Ranieri's first, uh, you know, summer transfer window because, of course, he came in in kind of September, October, uh, the season before. So, you know, these buys, this was kind of definitely his team. I thought the other interesting thing is that, that Graham Rousseau was the club captain, although Desai was often the captain on the pitch. Um but, you know, in, in the, you know, having watched the, the, the season review, uh, Soxie said, well, you know, a lot of the big names weren't, a lot of new arrivals. There was, a, there was an element of, of transition about this side, although we still had uh, the core of, I think, a pretty decent, a decent side. And, I mean, you know, it's funny, isn't it, actually, because it's great when you look at these things with hindsight. I mean, Frank Lampard, probably the greatest signing we've ever made. Uh, William Gallus, before he went mad, was a bloody good footballer for us wonderful Wasn't wonderful yeah, wonderful was, wonderful. let's say it wonderful uh i thought
1: man i mean, can, can i yeah yeah go on can I just leap into do you want to say um the list of all the players um i wonder whether we could come up with what would be the best team out of the players that he should have played all the time
0: why don't we do that at the end Cause we've got, oh, the, I, the, cause I've got the all the squad at the end on our notes.
1: Me, me, I've got the whole of the squad as well. Yeah. Cause it makes it fascinating reading. There's some really very, very good players oh, in this. Well,
0: I think Indeed. that was also a good time to do it when we sum it all up, because I think that, was I, but I think
1: that. I can make an assessment at the beginning to say, uh, s- finishing six was a bitter disappointment well, given the huge talent right. that this team had. Absolutely. Ridiculous. Absolutely.
0: Right. Um, Manu Petit was a massive disappointment for me. I thought he was way past his best. Bolo Man was a ponytail. Yeah, I mean, Bolo I never really liked, but I think my judgment on him is clouded by the fact that he played for Liverpool. But, I mean, the yeah, fact that he went I on agree. to play for Liverpool, he was not a bad player, that's the point. He was a decent player, perhaps not massively decent for us, but he was a good football player. So, you know, we made some good signings there, even though we lost a good few players. Anyway, uh, first match of the season was at home to Newcastle. Uh, talking of Zenden. Uh, he scored a goal on his debut. <coughs> Excuse me. I just swallowed a, a cashew nut, went down the wrong way. Anyway, yeah, so Bolo Zendan scored on his debut after eight minutes. Uh, Acuna scored for Newcastle after 77. I mean, basically... The West Stand was completed. The West well, stand was I know, because I was just about to say, it was the biggest crowd we'd oh. had since 1988. Um, with the West Stand fully opened. And boy, did it look very, very impressive. As Mark said in his notes, it's hard to believe it's uh, it's now 20 years old this year. Um, I mean, the thing that really struck me about this game was the, the comedy goals. I mean, you know, Zenden's goal, basically, Shea Given saved it, and then it just kind of plopped through his legs. Uh, and Ed DeGoy pushed it out, and Acuna got it on the rebound. Mark, what's all this about Boudoir Zenden?
2: Well, if you watch the end of season video, I can't remember who is the commentator. I don't it's definitely not Neil Barnett. Um, but he refers to Zenden in this game as Boudoir. Zenden. Not Bodevine. Is it Bodevine? Yeah. Uh, you know, how you pronounce his name. He he was calling him Boudoir Zenden, you yeah.
0: It's the kind of thing Glenn Hoddle would do, isn't
1: it? Yeah. Come up to my It's Boudoir. the kind of thing that catches on, doesn't it, for a bit? You, you just think everybody will call him that, even though it's his wrong name. Because Boudoir, of course, is the French for uh for a room for the boudoir and mm-hmm. the French boudet means to sulk. So it actually is a sulking room. So uh, not that that has any relevance to this. <laughs> Once and again, no, I see, I we're would, learning. Well, he was a
0: Dutchman Dutchmen and Dutchman are known for their sulking. But I think the thing about Zenon, he was, he was a black belt and karate, wasn't he? Or judo. Was he? Yeah.
1: Was
0: he? You wouldn't pick he a fight with uh, him.
1: He, he was an interesting player though, as you say, he had great skill, but uh, um, was injured on several occasions. And uh, um uh, which several of them were, were prone to during the whole of this season. I just thought your your note about De Hoy. Um, I think De Hoy was was by this stage was um, if wasn't for the fact that Cudicini was injured um, was was past his sell by date and actually cost us several wins early on by his inability to uh, to save other than hitting the ball straight out, which is nowadays goalkeepers I think even then goalkeepers you were taught to try and make a save so you push the ball away from Pushing it straight out and back into the, uh, uh, the the penalty area because the player following up can then score, and he does this as we will find um, repeatedly in his eight-game tenure before he's replaced by Kudicini. And I I don't think he was good enough, and uh, and I think it's, both it's really it's really because had... going to say both Cudicini and Bosnich were better. Bosnich, and I think, but, Arsic. It, yeah, I'm afraid. Arsic, I'm Arsic, sorry. Arsic, I'm, I'm sorry. He's known I'm as Arsic. Sorry. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry. Bosnich. He was good when he came this in. This season, before, before he injured himself, was fabulous. Yeah. Before, absolutely. Before, before he
0: had a few bumps fabulous. as well.
1: Yeah. 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 But it, And by then, he couldn't get back in again. But he in the period that he... I remember at the time thinking, this goalkeeper, oh, when good. Bosnich played, it, good. is absolutely brilliant. So he's got... Renieri has got both... Cudicini and Cudicini came in and was superb as well. So we we were we we were blessed by them. But for this period, he should have given with the well, knowledge he that we had so how good Bosnich was. Yeah. He should have played Bosnich from the very beginning of the season. Well, the trouble with De Hoy, De Hoy wasn't good enough.
0: Well, the trouble with De Hoy was that you know it was it was his big Dutch porn moustache, really. But there you go. I thought the other <laughs> thing that was interesting was that uh, Ranieri went four four two in this game, and then immediately the next game he went to four three three. Or, although I, I do I have to say I'm delighted that we beat Southampton 2 0 uh on the day that they opened their new Saint Mary's stadium, yes. therefore therefore uh, ruining their opening day. That appealed to my wicked sense of humor at, at the expense of my local was, team. No-
1: no, Zola was picked, of course, as we well, will find uh, the it, it, the strangeness it, of yeah. the non-appearance of Zola all through the season for no apparent reason whatsoever, as we will find out with this manager all the way through the season. It's like a complete lottery as to who on earth he picks.
0: Well, indeed, he liked to tinker, didn't he? Which is what he got his name from. Now, um, the next home game, the second home game of the season is against our bogey team, the Arsenal. But I mean, as it happens, I thought we... I thought we played pretty well, Mark. Um, we we went down uh, a goal down to Thierry Henry, uh, and then we got a we got a a penalty, of course, because uh, Martin Keown fouls uh, Zola, and uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, uh, uh, you know, opens his account for the season with a penalty on thirty one minutes. Uh, that, you know, Hasselbank then gets sent off on seventy for. Uh, I mean, you know, if you wonder why I've got such a hatred of Arsenal, it's very much formed around this period of Chelsea's history. They were full of absolute wankers, this team. Uh, None bigger than uh, Martin Keown, who basically... uh, Well, Mark, I'll let you explain it, because I know it got you hot under the collar as well, judging by the notes.
2: No, definitely. um, Like, Hasselbank's penalty is a superb penalty. One step, one step bang in the corner. Yeah, and David Seaman, good keeper in goal, but clear foul on Zola, but Keown bleating and protesting that I didn't touch him, Gov. Honest, you fouled him. Yeah. and then <laughs> there's that frackar where, you know, for a big man that is Martin Keown, and you know, rightly or wrongly, you know, he could mix it. And the Arsenal team this night mixed it. They got five players booked. Yeah, Casabank doesn't really touch him. And he goes down so easily, and it's like history is repeating itself. We saw that a few years earlier, where you know Nigel Spackman. Be honest, Spackers didn't smack him; he, he gave him a bit of a tap. But again, Keown went down so so easily. Um, so very frustrating. Felt sorry for Hasselbank, and it won't be the only time he gets sent off unfairly during the course of the season. But there is there is also a good moment in this game when after we're mixing it, there's a tackle on Jesper Gronkjar. Right in front of the, I'll call it the new West Stand, because we used to call the East Stand the new East Stand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're probably still people call it the new East Stand now. Van Bronckhurst takes Gronkhurst out, a really high tackle. And if you, you watch the video, if people are listening in, watch the season video. There's this, if you sit in the West Stand, you'll know the front of the West Stand is where, um, um, Disabled um, disabled Chelsea fans sit. And there's this elderly gentleman in a Zimmer frame. And if you watch (laughs) it behind Gronkia's head, he's got this Zimmer frame up like this. And I was watching it thinking, you know, this is almost going to be a Lazarus moment. He's going to take up his bed and walk. (laughs) Because I thought he was going to get up and throw the Zimmer frame at Van Bronkus. He was so incensed, you know, by that tackle. It's a superb moment in in the um,
1: end of season video.
0: But, but also,
1: Mark the the uh, the foul nowadays would be a red without any shadow of a doubt. I mean, absolutely ludicrous. Should there have been a red then, J K. Inter- yeah, it was. It what
0: Should
1: true, have been a red much. then. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, but he
2: takes but, him but,
1: out. Yeah, yeah, completely takes him out. Yeah, but ludic- ludicrously high up as well. Um, uh, yeah, I loved the one step Biff from uh, Jimmy Floyd. I, can I just say once again, Jimmy Floyd, what a player. Yeah. What a completely brilliant, brilliant centre-forward. Anticipation, movement, skill. Superb, superb shot. I, 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 And working with, once again, Good Johnson isn't picked at these beginning games of the season. And once again, you wonder what on earth is going on in the manager's head. Good Johnson, this season, is completely on fire. Their partnership is, uh, you know, I, I what I despair about is, just accepting it, looking at the season and thinking, oh, those two are playing well. You just look back and you go, actually, they were both absolutely brilliant. And um, Gallus, as you said, instead of Melchiot, I found Melchiot for the whole of the season intensely dubious because he was like a loose cannon. He would just kick people for no apparent reason, as we will discover as we go on. And, but Gallus, uh, world class from the very beginning. De Hoy, once again, palms out straight into the middle of the goal. Arm Reed taps in for their goal, and uh, um, uh, and uh, yes, as you put, Jimmy Floyd sent off despite Keon all over him, no elbow. But then it was rescinded because obviously they looked back at the pictures, and this was uh, like me, the, the really that's the it's it's almost the beginning of. Of VAR, it's people realizing that you could just look at video footage and appreciate that the referee had got it wrong. And there was a mass, as always, a mass of ridiculous decisions. We will discover many of them by the mm. great Graham poll who was living in another world, but uh, uh, but still managing to be the most overhyped ref that there was. But um, uh, a game that we shouldn't. Well, guess actually who the referee wrong. was?
0: We, guess who the referee was in the Arsenal match? Mike Riley. Was, hey. Mm. right let's move on I mean actually do you know what even if it was at home and I thought we played pretty well given Arsenal was such a bogey team for us in those days that's not a bad result we then go uh, this is right after the Arsenal match we then go to Spurs play them away up at three point lane uh, and this was an absolute humdinger of a match wasn't it Mark
2: oh cracking game absolutely brilliant game Uh, Jimmy again uh, another one stop penalty puts us in the lead uh, Sherringham pulls it back. Oh no, so Jimmy's first goal, but then the second goal was a penalty, 81 minutes. Then it all goes a bit Pete Tong. Um, Frank gets sent off. Sheringham equalises for Spurs. So they were well up, 90 minutes. They've got back in the game. And obviously, our track record at White Hart Lane, then as is now, was absolutely superb. And there's just this brilliant moment, four, five minutes in the injury time, and Desiree comes up and scores the winning goal. And you just think absolutely fantastic just time and time again over the last 20 to 30 years the number of times we have done that to top them just when they think they're pulling back yes. and we're going to, do something just to win the game just in an incredible manner
1: and also it was justice as well because frank had been tripped and what was so awful was that was it perry went up to him and pushed him and frank di- frank pushed him in the face because he was being accused of cheating and frank didn't cheat frank wasn't a cheat even then, and he was—he, uh, um, uh, he, you could tell. Once again, the, the the video played back. Kings tripped him up. So, why the Spurs' reaction to all of this? Because they weren't completely. Him. Yeah, indeed, indeed. But it was brilliant. Once again, I'm sorry to say, De Hoy again, palmed straight out to Sheringham once again for their goal. Um, but uh, um, but uh, uh, yeah, but Jimmy Floyd. Everything had such power from yeah. Jimmy Floyd. Headers, shots, everything. Oh, I have wow. to say,
0: the penalty, uh, you know, uh, on uh, on Jimmy Floyd, uh, I think it was Ledley King, wasn't it? It was bloody soft. Bloody soft. He hardly touched him. But anyway, who cares? It's Spurs. Anyway, 3-2. So we keep our record going against them. We then have uh, our first match in the uh, UEFA Cup because we qualified for the UEFA Cup the season before. We're at home to Levski Sofia, and uh, pretty routine win, really. Three uh, nil. Good Johnson scored on 45 minutes and 74 minutes. Great goal by Ida. It has to be said. Classic, great, classic, great goal. Classic oh. individual. Classic individual skill. Dinks it over the keeper. He was on absolute fire this season. But but on 90 minutes, a question, a, a, a moment that happened in Chelsea's history, which will forever be a great quiz. Questions marks. So I rightly says uh frank lampard scored his first ever goal for chelsea um on the rebound so he hit it at the keeper it bounced back and he he put it in on the rebound um mark there was something else going around on this time that uh a we should draw attention to uh and b was to come back and haunt us about a week later wasn't it because the game was initially postponed because it was supposed to be played on a certain date nine eleven.
2: Yeah, po- postponed because 9-11, all, all the European fixes were postponed that week. Um, so it did go ahead the following week. Uh, and obviously, as we said, good quid question. Frank gets his first goal. I do wonder, well, he probably does hopefully remember that game because he scored so many goals for Chelsea. I know Kerry will remember every goal he ever scored and against who and who passed it, who set it up, etc. But yeah, a bit of history, Frank's first goal. Um, but... On the back of that victory the following day, Rani Airy gave the players the day off. Um, and probably the best way to describe it is they went out on the lash.
0: But it had, I, had massive consequences, didn't it? Shall I
2: continue? Yeah, yeah. please
0: do. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the News of the World
2: ran a story just before we played um, I think I think we played Middlesbrough as the next game, and the breaking story, yeah. you know by the news of the world is five-hour booze fueled rampage in the wake of the world's worst terrorist attack that involved, and a lot of this is in capital and bold letters, that involved stripping naked, laughing, vomiting in front of shocked... Not and necessarily
0: grie- at the same time, I should hasten not necessarily to at
2: it. at the same time. Shocked and grieving Americans in a hotel bar. And clearly, the news of the world, um gone to town, they, they've almost followed... The, the pub, the pub trail. And it started um, in a pub near the training ground at that time that was Harlington called the Red Line. I know I've been in the Red Line and had a drink in there. Uh, on the days I used to go to Harlington, where according to the news of the world, um, the players got hammered through peanuts and left a friend naked at the bus stop. They interviewed the Red Line landlord, a Joe O'Brien, who said the whole group were out of order. They had well enough to drink, so I asked him to leave. One of the regulars, a gentleman called Dominic Jenkins, said, nobody could believe, especially after what happened in America, the players had been told their game in Europe was off and they obviously didn't care who saw them getting drunk. I saw Lampard, Morris, Terry, Goodjonsson and Sinclair sticking it it away. Frank Sinclair by now had left Chelsea, but clearly he'd come down from Leicester to join in the session.
0: Because he heard there was a piss-up, Mark. Yeah,
2: yeah. Johnson was hammered and shouting out swear words. When they got outside, they stripped one lad naked and left him naked at the bus stop. Um, they were asked to be quiet, um, but Lampard, Morris and Sinclair went out and urinated in a bin in the street, but they didn't stop there. After being turned away from their next uh, port of call, they stumbled into the Porthouse Hotel, which has now been acquired by the Holiday Inn at Heathrow Airport, where they ran into American tourists who clearly were stranded, at the hotel in the wake of what had happened on 9-11 and all flights had been grounded. And we don't know who, but somebody, according to the news of the world, and this is their words, whipped their dick out. Um, Hotel manager was disgusted. Um, We have a lot of Americans here and they were simply trying to do, we were simply trying to comfort them in their hour of need. Meanwhile, these men were laughing and joking, taking off their clothes and abusing our guests. Uh, One of them was walking around laughing with everything hanging out while on TV were watching crying firemen searching for bodies. It was sick. Where was their respect and dignity? As soon as they sat down, things got out of hand. They pestered young ladies who were in the bar. The ladies were very upset, so I went over and had a word with them. I could see these men were completely drunk. The final stop on the same afternoon was a place called the Air Bowl, which is a bowling alley next to the hotel, and apparently um, one of the players was sliding down the lane head first, Who he turned out to be Frank Sinclair? Well,
0: wait, hang on, it would be really, wouldn't it, if you think about it? Yeah. <laughs> Sinclair had They must have mistaken him for a bowling ball.
2: <laughs> Sinclair had his head chopped off by the mechanism at the end of the lane. People could not believe what was happening, and clearly, you know, obviously, when that hit the press. Colin Hutchinson acted straight away, came down hard on the players. They fined them the maximum they could back then, which was two weeks wages, right at red. Um, And obviously, all four players um, gave their own personal apology individually to the news of the world. Lampard, Johnson, Morris um, and John Terry basically said, like, you know, they've let the club down. You know, they've let the people down in the hotel. They're very sorry for getting drunk. They were childish. Um, uh, and it just obviously put Chelsea on the front page rather than the back pages. Not, not, not a good day in the history of Chelsea Football Club in light of clearly what had happened only a few days earlier in America.
0: Mm. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Looking back on it now, twenty twenty years later, a little over twenty years later. I mean, at the time, it, it, there was an absolute furor about it, wasn't there, J.K.? I mean, I remember it. I mean, you know, it was, it was. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, is we've had loads of incidents of similar kind of incidences, you know, since then, where, you know, we actually... Involving you. (laughs) Not involving me. There there are no pictures, mate, and no newspapermen around. But, um, you know, we, we, I mean, you know, funny enough, we were talking about one such incident before. I don't want to go into it now, but there have been many incidences in the last 20 odd years where chelsea players or chelsea supporters have done things the press have leapt on it we've all taken a massive kicking and we're all kind of fed up with it and we've all got a bit defensive about it but at this time it wasn't it was it was quite novel that the players would go out and be this this naughty and it was it, actually a, it was appalling. appalling yeah that's my a, point appalling
1: and embarrassing
0: shameful
1: shameful and um Tainted JT for the rest of his career, well, it, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: well that's what I was going to ask you. It did taint JT, who then, as we will find out later in the show, got into more trouble in the season. But it didn't taint Frank so much, did it? I disagree. No. It did. Or do you think it did?
2: No, not during his career. It. he had a when he, at the end of his career, he went and played in New York
0: right, and he got
2: yeah. a lot of flack in America. Briefly, but he got flack. Uh, when he went and signed, obviously for the New York, was it? Well, I can't remember. They were just called New York team, the Man City team over in New York. So uh, the New York posted did sort of like uh, uh, they 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 featured it again many years later, and Frank got a bit of stick, you know, when he when he went over and played there.
0: Well, I think
1: I think I think, I think possibly from American the American media, but yeah. um, but J T in for the English media, this was something they would never let go, yeah. and is always quoted as him him being the ringleader. And it got worse and worse and him being the one who who um, peed in a pot in the near near this mirror near bar and and all the others seemed to have been forgotten i think frank sinclair just disappeared into the uh the mists of well, history so down the bowling alley a, shoot, in, really involved in all of this yes yeah <laughs> yes. but um but yeah it was it was appalling it at was. the time there was no i kept get hoping there was some kind of comeback from them to say um actually no that wasn't us or no, no, you've exaggerated, but no, they all came clean and admitted they'd done all these things, and they clearly had. So, uh, yes, yeah. oh dear.
2: This is in the days when you didn't have social media and you didn't have people taking photos on mobile phones.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine now how it would be? Well, I don't think they'd be able to do it now. I mean, that's yeah. the reality. Yeah. I mean, in a funny old way, it's kind of a, a – it's one of those weird uh, moments in time, isn't it, where, in a sense, what they did was – a was a relic of the bygone era of the drinking culture in English football, which really had been going on really and, you know, right up to the, to the, to the nineties and because they could get away with it because there was no social media, as Mark was saying. And then about a couple of years later, suddenly got social media, mobile phones, taking pictures, people, they stopped, they had to stop doing that kind of thing because they would get rumbled pretty quick. Uh, so there you go. Anyway, uh, one other
1: thing, just aspect of the... of uh, is, Are these the, the last rumblings of the drinking culture, do you think, as yes. well? With, um, no,
0: no. OK. You know, <laughs> we'll,
2: we'll, we'll come to it later in this show. <laughs>
0: guys, well, I, done- I I would say, Mark, generally, generally, you know, I mean, honestly, I mean, when you've got players like Franco Zola and a lot of the foreigners that were coming in who who didn't come from a drinking culture, I think you can say that on uh, generally the culture was changing. But not specifically, because clearly, when you've got that four or five going out there getting absolutely hammered like we might, clearly there is still a drinking culture, and I wouldn't deny that. But I think the game was changing. I really yeah. do. The dying of the light, shall we say? Rage against goes. the dying of the light, Rage with a vodka and tonic in hand, mate. Quite right. <laughs> anyway, just to uh, cross the eyes and uh, or cross the t's and dot the i's, um, we did draw with Middlesbrough two all. Uh, Boxic scored a last-minute penalty when uh, Graham Le was uh, harshly adjudged to have handballed it. Jimmy scored again, uh, and then we beat Levski Sofia in the uh, in the uh, away leg two nil. John Terry scored. I was there. It. I went there. You I went, went there. Sophia. Did you? Yeah. I, I, does it not feature in in one of Marco's books as well? I think doesn't it?
1: What am going in there? No, that was Charlton. No,
0: no, no, no. no. I think Marco wrote oh, about him.
1: it. Marco wrote about in it in one as of well. his books.
0: But anyway, bollocks to Marco. He's not on the show. You are. You were there. Tell Thank us you, about you. it, JK. Yeah, it,
1: um. Uh. It, it was bizarre. Um. It, we'd had a heat wave two days before, and so masses of people arrived in shorts. And yet, I'd looked at the um the, the perspective. Uh, um, weather forecast and it said about six or seven degrees so i'd taken with me all my plastics and everything else i could possibly yeah, take you, in your my, woolly my underwear out, and your woolly underwear and everything and um uh, a group of people on the i remember um everybody had been drinking we had to get there very early and on the plane as it took off um everybody ran towards the the loos which the uh the poor unfortunate geordie steward who was just slightly camp, who said, no, please, no, 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 but nobody, no, using the, no, do not use the toilets. And every time he spoke, everybody in the plane went, why, I? why, I? <laughs> why, which, which was fantastically funny. It was so funny. And all these guys were in the show and they were, uh, and uh, and Hawaiian shirts, Hawaiian shirts and shorts to go to Lesky Sevilla. Um, anyway, they turned up and it was freezing and um, they all went into a pub. They all went into a pub, a, a, an English themed pub, and never came to the game, any of them. Of
0: course not. Proper shells.
1: Of, of course not. Proper shells never came to the game. <laughs> I meanwhile went out there, uh, went out and uh, put my plastics on and had that wonderful thing of sitting in this this strange athletic stadium with plastic, terrible plastic seats all on a, um, on a kind of metal rod that you just sat on the seat, surrounded by. Um, uh, huge numbers of riot police, as you would be in in Sofia. Sofia was a uh, then was whether it's changed um, was a, a wonderful um, uh, um, architectural environment ruined by uh, these square um, Soviet buildings that had apparently been used for torture, as you'd find in the in the town square, as is typical of this. Why not? Why not muck about with the uh, with the great? Um, there was some some. Um, uh, what you call them baths, some some mineral waters, mineral salt waters, and which were supposed to be, you know, there since the 18th century and uh a delight for for Europeans on the Grand Tour. And of course they'd managed to build um large uh, um anti-West communications centres right in the middle of them. But anyway, um um uh, we were the all the all the riot police came up and said things like, A friend in uh, in Bognor Regis, you, you give message to a friend if I give you a piece of paper. You go, Yes, of course, perfect. I love to do that. What's the name? Send them is a postcard. Can you give them? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that for you. Great. And the second that the whistle was blown by the boss, they put their helmets on and they then started attempting to hit us over the head and pushing us back into our seats. Get back, get back, get back. Get back as you'd expect. filthy and, um, capitalists actually- from West Europe. Exactly, exactly. Despite me, very keen to make you into a, a messenger um, to deliver my postcards to ex-girlfriend who lives in um, Peterborough. Um, and I remember going to the loo halfway through. I, and she probably would have been called Sophia, wouldn't she? Very good Judge. And um, the story ends pretty soon. Um, I remember going to the. Uh, I remember going to the uh, the loo, and I went to the loo, and I came back from the loo, and was frisked when I was trying to work out: is this some kind of strange? Um, godfather situation where i've i've had a gun taped up in the cistern and i've come back with it to uh to shoot a few people um but um uh, and of course large numbers of the chelsea fans got drunk and started singing ira songs so it was just you know it was one of those <laughs> classic, great, classic, chelsea trick, classic, classic chelsea away classic classic chelsea yes and um uh and we and we won and uh uh and there was a lot of applause for the Chelsea fans from the uh, from the for Chelsea players from the Sofia fans, and um, uh, well, uh, I don't really, on reflection, don't no. know why I went really. But, well, the, I mean, the, be able to tell you. Well, I know, the, the I know why you went.
0: I know why you went. You went specifically to see Leon Knight make his debut.
1: Yes, because he did indeed make his debut. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we all said, "Who the
0: fuck's that? Who the he fucking hell on. are you?" Oh yes, exactly. dearie me. Uh we then came back home uh and we played Fulham uh away. We draw one all. Uh I mean, you know, it was a pretty dire match really, uh apart from one notable min- uh, not- notable thing on the eighty-first minute mark. Uh
2: there was there was a bit of a bit of a comedy moment. Um I was that I was at the Fulham game. Um and Jukanovic has already been booked, uh, and he believes he he's been fouled and um he picks up the ball and thought he would get a free kick. Uh, and the referee instead sent him off, which was, to be fair, whatever we think about you, it. I think that was a ridiculous red card. But the blokes around, were around me were just delighted he got sent off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we might win the
1: game now. Thank God he's gone. <laughs> what was interesting, though, it was to, it, he was just charged, to be fair to Graham Pole, I don't know what where you'd be thinking in terms of with the referee's hat on. If If you've been charged and you fall over and think it's a free kick, and pick the ball up, and you've already been booked. There isn't really much else that the referee could do, unless he's he's being very um, uh, um, sensible, uh, um, yeah, well, no, pra- pragmatic. I'm just being very um, uh, recognizes the idiocy behind what has just happened, because it was idiotic by Ikanovic, because he hadn't really been fouled. But at the same time, um, being pole, he would just go, "Well, I'm sorry, you've you've handled the ball. I've got to send you off." So you
0: know what. J.K. Mm-hmm. Every ex-player of that era that I've spoken to, they all hated Graham Pohl. Chich J.K. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there, and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The
1: thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs>
0: Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
1: Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels.
0: Yes. Les um, Ferdinand, who features quite heavily this season in a very negative light because he was playing for Spurs, so obviously we had to hate him. I got to know Les quite well many years later, and actually not that many years later, only about three or four years later as it happens, but uh and I like him a lot. We became quite quite good chums actually. He would he would always appear in my programmes if I texted him and said, you know, blah blah blah. Lovely bloke. He said on air <laughs> Uh, Graham Pole fancied him so much, he so, fancied himself so much he might as well have been chocolate because he licked himself that much. Basically, he, they hated him. They all fucking hated him. Oh, Graham Pole is a fucking asshole. I mean, I mean that was the players singing it, let alone us, you know. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Dennis Wise say that about Glenn Hoddle. Who said that about Hoddle? No, didn't Dennis Wise say that about Glenn
2: Hoddle? You know. Yeah, he loves himself so much, if he was chocolate, he'd eat
0: himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. Dennis, of course, and uh, Les Ferdinand were great mates and uh, allegedly destroyed the Blue Peter Gardens. I did actually interview Les uh, and it was always the question I would ask him and he would always deny it with a knowing wink. That's all I'm saying. Allegedly, I say very carefully for any lawyers listening. Um, JK's looking worried. It's unusual, but it happens occasionally. Um, anyway, um, we we end up uh, finishing September in ninth position. Too many draws, not killing teams off, according to uh, several of the players interviewed. I would agree with them. We start October with one of my favourite Chelsea players of all time, uh, Jesper Gronkjar. Who are Jesper Gronkjar being out for with a lengthy absence following surgery? Uh, we then have Coventry uh away in the League Cup. Excuse me, the uh, Red Cat Brewery uh, Mosaic Pale Ale is repeating on me, and I do apologise. We win 2-0. Good Johnson on 56 minutes. Mikel Forsell, who we need to talk about, really, but he scores on 60. Jody Morris gets absolutely taken out uh, and suffers an injury that keeps him out for three months. But, J.K., were you there? I was. There we go. How did I know? I was indeed there. (laughs) And
1: this was one of those occasions where um uh, i think i may have told you about this in a previous story where um uh, uh, because i was sitting in um in corporate i mean i bought the tickets originally it wasn't corporate they built corporate around us in the middle of the stand you got the opportunity because ken was so keen to make as much money as possible ken bates to buy director's box tickets and um if none of the vice presidents who were people who just seemed to give ken money for no apparent reason just to be in the club the vice presidents was going because it was midweek and it was coventry you could buy a seat uh in the director's box and you paid 60 quid and you had to wear a suit and so i um phoned up and said could i go to covent coventry? i'd finished working in the afternoon and they said yes you've got to meet up at um uh, and get you'll get the executive coach and you have to wear a suit i said yeah, okay and uh, and i turned up there thinking there'd be you know i don't know 20 people and um i'm the only person going Except I'm sharing the coach with Ken, Mrs. Ken, old um, Susanna yeah. herself, and um Colin Hutchinson. That's it. They're the only <laughs> and, people and I'm you. sharing with. And me. And you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Executive coach Ken and Susanna weren't on the coach.
1: Anyway, Ken looks me up and down. I've got a very, very fat. Um, Apple Mac computer because it's one of the first this is 20 years ago and I just get on with my stuff and writing something I was writing a, a, a book. Yeah,
0: But bear in mind dear listener he's not talking about a laptop here or an iPad he's talking about a desktop computer that he's brought with him on
1: the couch <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it's a very well you wouldn't you can hardly tell the difference it was this big fat thing anyway I brought it in a rucksack and, and Ken doesn't say anything to me for the journey there not a word Anything you probably
0: thought you were a journalist, mate?
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know what he thinks, but it was nothing you said. I you banned
0: him, doesn't he? Write for the mirror,
1: anyway. But I, I then decided to go and sit next to Susanna, so I chatted to Susanna and, um, uh, about things like you know, where was she going on holiday, did she enjoy going to football very much, um, um where they live, where you know, places, yeah, it was a bit like that, you know, and uh, and she says. He said, you're, you're very different from other people. You don't want to talk about football at all. I said, well, I'm just chatting to you about, you know, whatever. And we talked about acting and doing voiceovers and whatever. And um, and uh, um, and um uh, she said to Ken, uh, um, this is Jonathan Kidd. Yeah, he's a very nice young man. I'm getting on very well with him, blah, blah, blah. And Ken went, oh, OK, good. That's nice to know. And so I became known as Susanna's actor friend. And then when we went into, um, uh, we arrived at Coventry, uh, the, the group of us were, led by ken and he and um he said um he said right he said uh we're going through here you can't come in here with us because you've got tickets for you're going to the director's box you can't come into the director's lounge with us um susanna's actor friend but we'll see you afterwards susanna's actor friend and that became my my um, my nickname for the whole of the journey, and for subsequent times when I got a director's box ticket, I was hello, Susanna's actor friend. It was always something to say. Just call me Jonathan, or you know, abbreviate it, SAF. Call me that or something. SAF, but no, Susanna's actor friend. Um, anyway, afterwards, after we'd won, Ken was very pleased indeed, and I think slightly pissed, and um, uh, uh, and he became uh, a very uh, communicative, voluble. Uh, Explained to me why he'd sacked hullett which was because uh, he said that he was um, modelling his outfits too much and wanted a manager's fee and uh, um, and uh, um, a player's fee. And I think we've discussed this before, in fact, haven't we, Mark? Um, and yes, uh, uh, and um, uh, and what else? He said he also he prophesied that Leeds would fall apart because. Um, they were being financially mismanaged. He told me at the time that they would fall apart uh, in the next few seasons, which he was very pleased about, and he was absolutely he was absolutely right. Um, and uh, um, and he also also asked me whether there was any prospect. Could he make any money out of uh, create of, of buying a, a recording studio? Or could he form his own recording studio? And and how much money was to be had doing voiceovers? And I said, <laughs> you, "Are you going to have? Are you going to have a go doing voiceovers?" Then Ken, he said, "I don't think that." He said, "I might just run the run the company." And uh, and he said, "We'll talk about this more." He said, "I'd be really interested you, to talk you missed, about
0: this you said, more." Yeah, of course you can. Can you can invest in me? Is what, yeah, I, you you missed have, a I know. Trick.
1: I I was so you could have been owned. You could have been owned
0: by Ken Bates.
1: Mark. Oh, I could have been. Yeah, yeah, I could have been yeah, Jonathan Kid in brackets. Um, uh, what would I call myself? Um, uh, the, property, of- the property of no, Ken no. Bates. Pro- property, property of Ken <laughs> Bates. No, yes. Asterisk. No. No, 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 no.
0: Definitely, definitely, definitely we? no. Well, there we go. that it-
2: Jonathan Village? You would have. Jonathan Village. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I would Jonathan I Mega have been.
0: Store. You know. Oh God. Ah. But,
1: um, but yeah. So uh, um, yes, and he got. He was very pleased that they'd won. Very, very oh. pleased. And you know. Uh, and, and Colin Hutchinson then said hello as well, but. From then, and that was me. Me, uh, um, I was down as, uh, as Susanna's actor friend. I've and heard so that story
0: many times, but I never realised it was the Coventry uh, League Cup away away game. Yep. You, you've never yep, yep. put two and two together until I've now. never put two and two together. No. Now i am given yeah. the opportunity. I'm sorry if
1: I've repeated this. No, no, Anybody no, no able, you may not. have am listening done, no, to this story. I, I, was talk, talk, I have very few stories to I tell. I am talking personally.
0: You time. may not have told it on air. I, don't, I can't remember. But I was just saying I've heard it a few times from you and giggled a lot. But the first—that's the first time I've ever—it's it, never been associated with a game before. With the game itself, yeah, 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 yeah. brilliant. All right, well there you go. Well done, J.K. Um, we beat Leicester two 0 at home. Uh, talking of Batesy, this of course is the return of Dennis Wise. Ken Bates welcomes him back on the pitch, and then we have. Another, I mean, you see, this is the thing about 2001, 2002. People think, oh, it was a pretty nondescript season. We did a bit well in the cups and we finished pretty shit in the league. But actually, really mad things happened this season all over the shop. We had the, you know, the, 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 the drunken behavior by Frank and JT and Jody Morris and ida and Frank Sinclair. This was the second massive controversial thing that happened during the season, isn't it, Mark? When we had to go away to Hapoel, Tel Aviv in the... UEFA Cup second round.
2: We were in strange times, clearly post 9-11. You know, the world you know, was an unsafe place and you know, it is still today. But even back then, you know, the Middle East was unstable and clearly we've been drawn to play against a team uh, in Israel, in Jerusalem. Um, so the players had a meeting before the trip to Hapel Tel Aviv and six of them decided they were not going to fly with the first team to the Middle East. And they were Desai, Graham Lasso, Petit, Johnson, Gallus, and Albert Ferrer. So uh, we went out with a weakened team. Uh, unusually, um, uh, we also, in these days of, of shirts and sponsorship, um, we turned out on the night um, looking very unfamiliar. And I'd be interested what Emirates view would have been of this. Um, we didn't wear their logo. On our shirts because it was felt you know with the potential fragile political climate in the middle east at that time that wearing the emirates logo in israel might cause offense so chelsea chose not to wear the logo on there also a tense time just before um chelsea flew out there um the minister for tourism in israel uh, uh was assassinated so again really tense um happenings going on um and so therefore, we had to sort of dig deep into our squad and we'd lost some of our defence. So a young lad, 17 years of age, who would never, like Leon Knight, who we talked about earlier, make his sole appearance um, for Chelsea. Joe Kitamarike, um, probably now known not just for that game, but uh, a few years later, he was sentenced to 20 months in prison after he was caught by the police in Ipswich with crack cocaine, heroin and cannabis. He had six wraps of cocaine, one wrap of heroin, um, mobile telephones, plural, £344 worth of cash. Uh, his flat was searched, they found skunk, drug paraphernalia and £2,000 in cash. Um, so subsequently, he got a 20 month sentence uh, and I don't think he ever recovered and never got back into the game as a result of that. Um, the only saving grace is Colin Hutchinson uh, came along and provided a glowing reference uh, and that's why he only got 20 months in prison. Um, but back to, obviously, the game itself. Um, they were always, like, non-league Apple Tel Aviv. So uh, we were, even with the weakened side, uh, very much favourites.
0: Well, but, but- J- uh, uh, Mark, just before we get into that, I mean, we should we should read out what the side was, actually, because I think it's funny, isn't it, what hindsight does to you and, and, and 20 years of memory or whatever. The side was uh, Mark Bosnich making his debut because both Cudicini and Degoy were, were out injured. Babiaro, Frank Lampard, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, Slaviza Jokanovic, Bolo Zenden, Mario Stanič, Mario Melchior, Gianfranco Zola, John Terry and Joel Kitamarike. I have to be honest and say that on the surface, that is not a bad first eleven. OK, the bench was very, very weak because we had Ratty Alexidza, Joe Keane and Danny Slater, Pat Baldwin and Reece Evans. So very, very weak bench. But that as a first team... Is not, in fact, actually, I should should also say this that Sambala, Sambala Della Bona came on and Mikel Forsell came on. So they clearly were on the bench. So it's not that much of a weakened team, really, is it? We should have won.
2: No no yeah. question. And but... clearly, Hapo got two sort of late goals. They got a penalty in the 89th minute, picking up on the point JK made. A very foolish challenge by Melchiot, giving that penalty away. To be honest, if we'd 0 oh. 0, we'd have comfortably beaten them at home. Yeah, the two 0 the second goal kills
1: the game off. Mm. It's so pissed me off, Mark. His kicking him, so oh, no, pissed sorry me off. I got off. it
2: wrong. He got sent off. Well, no hang sure. on,
0: that, hang on. The penalty was for a, J, a JT handball, but Mario Melchior got sent off for literally kicking yeah. Tel Aviv's captain up the arse. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah it's kind of it nuts. Just
1: abs- nuts. It, but he so pissed me off as a consequence of that. I was, I went into the game thinking. Uh, um, well, exactly the same as you, Chidge. We should do all right here. They're practically non-league and we've got, you know, all right. right. Uh, a multitude of talent in this side. We played dreadfully and I thought, well, we'll get a nil-nil draw. And then he does give a penalty away and he does the ridiculousness of kicking him off the ball. I was furious, absolutely furious at the time. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? They got the Emirates logo off and yet last year we couldn't get the three well, logo yeah. off. Well,
0: yeah, just shows you, doesn't it? What yeah. a load of old ass gravy. Um, it's a perhaps
1: different different way of taking them on. Perhaps they were, they were perhaps they were knitted on well, in some way.
0: They, actually that. to be fair, it's harder to get yeah. this. I've got the shirt on and it's got this yeah. kind of rubbery foam stuff. I suppose it is I is,
1: well, don't try and pick it off, Chidge, don't it'll be the end of that. Oh, no, no, no. no, no. Oh, you,
0: you can't can... take the E off everybody. You,
1: you can... oh, no. no, I'm not,
0: I'm not. Get on one, matey. Mm. No. Uh I'm not taking um. it's anyway, it's an it, it is an E, actually you're right. Um you can't. I can see that you could. Pull it was off. an E.
1: Fly my rates, oh chij.
0: Anyway, um, the three logo was incorporated into the shirt, wasn't it? It looked like it was. In I don't know. Ways, maybe they're a bit yeah. better at doing it now. Who knows? Anyway, yeah. very disappointing. It just
1: to just briefly say, it was interesting that that poor old um who when who'd played for Brentford for most of his career, played quite a long that whole season for Brentford, was described when he was arrested as ex-Chelsea FC player
0: Mm. always the the media
1: always has an agenda
0: well they don't have yeah they do they have an agenda it's called making money and using clickbait and Chelsea you know if you there's another way to look at this JK uh you know one is with absolute opprobrium and disgust the other is to go yeah I see you you're making money out of us and that means we're a really big deal indeed Take it as a compliment. No,
1: it's just it's just the tediousness of it. It's yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. Yeah.
0: Talking of tediousness, uh, we had another kind of. Well, we, had, we played Leeds, dirty Leeds away. Uh, it was a nil-nil draw, but it was quite a mental match. Um, Gallus clear one off the line. Terry clear one off the line. But the best thing of the match was uh, uh, Graham Lasso taking Danny Mills out. Something that so many people around the world would love to have had the opportunity to do. Uh, We uh, we beat. It was
1: definitely a a sending off. Oh, Oh, absolutely. He just took him
0: straight out. Definitely, yeah.
1: Yellow card was ridiculous. But they were. I mean,
0: in in those days, they they were still really naughty matches against Leeds. They still clearly you had that thing where both teams really. I mean, this is the kind of thing about them now. You've had that twenty-year gap near near as damn it. Where they clearly it doesn't really mean much, but in those days it was still a legacy of 1970s. They went out to kick the shit out of each other. I mean, they had two bookings, we had three bookings. You know, so I'm amazed that we didn't have any sendings off. But they were still very, you know, tetchy affairs. Uh, West Ham. Uh, we very
1: quickly, very quickly. Sorry, Bosnich was fabulous in
0: that. Game. He we, he was. No, I mean we defended absolutely brilliantly. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right, and, and and right to mention that as well. Uh, we lost our first go, first defeat of the season actually, which is now almost well, it's 24th of October. We lost away to West Ham, um, which is a bit of a surprise, uh, and then we drew one all away to uh, to Derby County. I mean, the story of October was very much like September, really. Uh, You know, too many draws and too many missed chances, really, which considering how much on fire Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank and Ida Good Johnson were for the entire season seems mad to say. But it was true. Uh, We finish up in eighth uh, position in the league at the end of October. We go into November and uh, I mean, I wasn't at this match. In fact, I I haven't been so far this season. I shall uh, illuminate everybody as to when I do turn up but i presume you were both at the the tel aviv second leg home mark i mean i mean how many i mean i i thought i thought ranieri was you know in his usual kind of comical alley way just nuts afterwards but he had a point i mean it was one of those matches where we we could have scored about 20 goals and and only scored one but i'll let you pick up the story
2: no it was it was remarkable you know i said obviously that second goal killed us um um in Israel, but nonetheless, you still think you know they are sort of like a much weaker side than Chelsea. With our players back, we should quite easily win this game. And you know, the amount of chances we missed on that night was just just remarkable. And then to cap it all, Hapoel take the lead. So we've got to get four goals, you know, to to win the game. You know, this isn't a vicenza type comeback or a late year Napoli type comeback. Yeah, you know, we just couldn't do it. So only got one back. Um and we just missed chance after chance after chance after chance and get knocked out of the UEFA Cup early doors, which is
0: a real shame. Yeah, it was. It was very very disappointing because they were a you know, they were like a non league team really.
1: Uh I think the, the crowd had made almost made their view felt by the fact there was hardly anybody there either. That's 17. Mm.
0: It's poor crowd. Yeah. Do you want to know yeah, how much? It was, yeah. in fact, 20. Hang on. Uh, it was 28,433. Looked a lot less. Mm. Yeah. It did, didn't it? Yeah. Um, right. Next match. Uh, very momentous for me because this is the first match I came back to you for many, many a year. I, I, I can't even remember if I was my, – my, do you know what? I can't remember at all. My presumption is that I, I wouldn't have gone on my own. I would have gone with Dr. Mart. But I really don't remember – sorry, Mart. I don't remember you being there, but I'm sure I must have been because that was kind of the point. But um, even though it was a bit disappointing, really, I mean, it, we won 2-1, and actually the highlight of the entire match was the fact that Dalla Bonner, with a brilliant little bit of, you know, jinking to beat a couple of players, walloped one in up from about 25 yards – and I was sitting in the West Stand, so I had a really good view of it. Uh, that was the highlight for me, and we won two one. But I think I was just so excited to be back. And and the other thing, of course, was was to be in the in the West Stand, which of course was all very new. And I remember Mark going up there, and you know, at the top of the West Stand, the big the big open. They don't have it now, do they? But there was a really big open hall on the on the top floor of a big open bar and you you had the wind you know all 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 the, the 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 west side of it furthest away from the pitch was glass and you just looked out on this vista of west london it was an ama- i i just thought this is so cool being back here what a you know it put it this way the last time i'd been in the west stand they still had benches so it was a bit different you know uh, but i was so excited to be back um so there you go so I, i've indulged myself enough uh we then play everton uh, nil, nil again. Mark Bosnich is brilliant, but J.K. he he does a hammy.
1: He does does taking a goal kick. Yeah, and uh, and of course Carlo comes in and um, occupies the space pretty for the much rest
0: of the season. Yeah, pretty much. Next match, but Black- so. Carlo
1: Carlo is then absolutely Yeah,
0: phenomenal. he he was superb this season. Uh, next match is Blackburn at home, and uh, I'd clearly bought tickets for this one too because I remember I remember this Mark for two. Uh, reasons, one of which I then, uh, a couple of years later, used in a programme I made, which was the greatest goals scored against Man United. And we chose uh, a Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank goal from the season before, that wonderful volley he cracked in in the 3-3 against United in Ranieri's first game. But we used which is naughty of me really as a Chelsea supporter, but I kind of said, but it wasn't always like this for Jimmy. He didn't always crack 30-yard volleys in like an set middle, no. Uh, because I, I witnessed the two worst misses I have ever seen from anybody. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was inside the penalty area. He took a shot. So, I mean, he's 10 yards away from the goal. He took a shot and it went out for a fucking throw-in.
1: Parallel with him,
0: where parallel done with shot. Him. And he done the not just by the yeah. corner flag.
1: Actually, parallel I know. with him, and he did it again. It. So right, he, yes. he, he did, did it again. again. Yes.
0: But this one, this yes, went yes. out, went out for a goal kick. So he didn't quite manage. It was quite. I mean, I mean, you need to feel for me here. This is the second match back at Sanford Bridge for like years. Uh, I, I see us eke out a scratchy win against you know Ipswich, and then I see one of the worst nil nils I have ever seen in my life. And Jimmy Floyd hauserbank who I absolutely loved and adored, served that up. I mean, it was quite astonishing. But there you go. I am a Jonah. Never let me back at Stamford Bridge. Basically, I should have known. I should have read the runes then. But there you go. It um, was it. Paul
1: was uh, was reffing and um, um, Jimmy was taken out by Berg, and Paul somehow managed to um, not give a penalty.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah. make some
1: kind of explanation about mind about players moving across each other and you just thought and I'm trying to work out and he was about 30 yards away and once again not using either um uh other lino not using the linos at all as is so typical of the egomaniac referee they to pay no attention to the other officials no, whatsoever he,
0: he, he was a different gravy I mean the bottom line was at that point so we're now kind of mid-November the team was misfiring literally and and boos did ring around the ground at the final whistle i have to say i was a bit shocked by that having not been for a while i was kind of just happy to be there i was a bit surprised by that opprobrium but mark what's this about uh white wall mick
2: yeah um probably older listeners will remember a guy called mick tregent um used to stand in the white wall um so, came known as White Wall Mick because he used to sing "We're the White, white Wall, w- We're the White w- wall,
0: wall, We're the White Wall of the Shed."
2: But in later years, he was also known as Lottery Mick because he used to sell the Chelsea lottery tickets. And um, before we went to All Seater Stadium, um, you'd come up the steps of the shed. Uh, <laughs> and in the latter years, uh, before it became All Seater they always put this pathway in where you couldn't just walk straight down and out of the shed. You had to go through like this zigzag. And Mick was always waiting at the top of the stairs, always like waiting to ambush you to get, get your lottery tickets. Well, if people listen to this, watch the end of season video. There's a bit in there where the sky cameras or whoever it was goes on to the crowd and Mick's there. I thought, oh, lottery Mick. Oh,
0: white wall Mick. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, the next match is uh, the League Cup round four. Guess what? We got Leeds at home. Uh, away. Sorry, away. I, I've written down as home, and I, I you're right; it was away. Uh, Good Johnson two absolutely superb goals, but a uh, far more note was Mark's experience at the game. Uh,
2: I was I was at this one uh, at the time, and purely by accident, not by design, um, but I was attending a conference uh, um, at the Majestic Hotel in Harrogate if you've ever been to Harrogate, you'll know the Majestic Hotel well, Well well-known hotel on the conference scene. So perfect timing, up the conference for three days and Chelsea are playing at Dirty Leeds in the middle of it. So got a ticket um, from Chelsea, got a train from Harrogate over to Leeds uh, and then obviously got the bus uh, into Ellen Road, had a few beers in the Peacock beforehand. And again, this is slowly but surely, Ida good Johnson, more and more, stamping his authority on this team. And he got both goals that night, both in the second half. We didn't have actually many up there that night. I would say for Leeds, yeah, we probably had less than a 1,000. So we probably had about five or 600, which was unusual for like Chelsea-Leeds. Now, the problem was, obviously, we won. We're through to the next round. And obviously, the Chelsea fans and the coaches, and Gary's coaches was up there, will head back to the coach park in London. But I've got to go back to Harrogate. <laughs> which involves me going to Leeds station. And the only way you can get to Leeds station is a bus from outside Ellen Road to catch my Harrogate train. Now, obviously I get on the bus afterwards. I've got my program with me and the whole bus, not surprisingly, because there's no love lost between Leeds and Chelsea fans. The whole bus is full of Leeds fans. Yeah, So very much I've got my program out. I'm keeping my head down and a few years earlier, I actually worked as a roadie for a Yorkshire heavy metal band. So when you spend a lot of Saxon. time... Saxon? Not Saxon. A band called Torunaga, um, They're all from Yorkshire, and they're all Leeds fans. So after a while, spending time in the country, you pick up some sort of like Yorkshire phrases and chuffing you know. And I was just waiting. e by gum. I'm going to have to be prepared if someone asks me the time or something like that, you know. To I'll do, go to
1: foot of our stairs, mother. <laughs> and...
2: So I was absolutely relieved when the, the coach pulls in to, to Leeds station and I can get the train back to Harrogate and then breathe a sigh of relief as I come out of Harrogate station and head back to the Majestic Hotel and drink to Chelsea's success into the early hours of the morning and look mm. forward to the uh, next one.
1: I experienced exactly the same thing this year at the, after the Leeds game. I went straight back to the coach and just thought, uh, are there many Chelsea fans here? The, the coach I'm talking about, sorry, the bus that takes you back to the station. Um, in fact, it was just taking us back into the centre because we were in a hotel. But um, uh, I did exactly the same thing, which was preparing my Yorkshire phrases just just in case. So um, obviously, there's not the same friction um, 20 years on, but nonetheless, uh, uh, I felt that the way the art the the, the way the uh, the Leeds fans had reacted to um, um, the poor man in the Chelsea fans area who had uh, suffered some kind of heart attack with the let him die phrases was that I wouldn't get much sympathy if I actually managed to reveal my my true colours. But luckily nobody spoke to us. In fact, nobody even asked for my ticket. I just wandered on and uh, just kept my head down. But as I say, prepared to uh, to suddenly know the history of Leeds and say, Don Ravey, Don rave for for God. Don't read for Pope, whatever I should have
0: said properly. <laughs> exactly that. Um, now, we're now into December and uh, we play Man United uh, uh, away, which I think is one of the best performances of the season. But there's another Manchester story, which I have to admit to you lot listening to the show. Uh, those of us who are lucky enough to be in the Chelsea Fancast WhatsApp group have had a special preview of what Mark's about to tell us.
2: Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I, will, I promise I'll post the videos up on, on Twitter in due course because... Around um, right about this time uh, and it was the Manchester thing that r- reminded me I was contacted by ITV Digital uh, and they asked me to put a Chelsea quiz team together for a new show they were launching on the when you think digital now, the new ITV Digital channel and they had 100 teams in this huge quiz league uh, and obviously they weren't the Chelsea team, it was being hosted by Simon O'Brien better known as Ad Damon Ad Damon Bucky. Damon um, and they'd film over a number of weekends in Manchester and it started on the back of this Manchester United game but got repeated over the next sort of months or so so uh, when they contacted me you know what they said was if you can put the team together Mark you know pick a Chelsea team um, three in the team two subs but if you want to bring five or six that's fine uh, we'll put you up no expense spared at the Portland Hotel in Portland Street if you know Manchester you'll know where I've stayed in hotel. there mate yeah. Uh, any food, any drink, just say, charge this to ITV Digital. Uh, and clearly, um, spoke to a number of my Chelsea friends at that time, uh, some of whom I know to this day. Uh, Mr. Neil Smith was in the team. Uh, a gentleman called Bob Barrett, who I still know to this day, was in the team. A guy who I haven't seen for a while, but a regular Chelsea face, a gentleman called Tom Broadbent. Um, A guy called Chris Crichton, no to this day. A guy called Barry Jones uh, and a guy called Terry O'Callaghan. So good squad uh, over a number of shows. And I don't think they could believe when I said to them, all expenses, night out in Manchester, courtesy of RTV, don't worry about the cost. So we act like kings. And clearly, um, being a resident, the bar stays open till two o'clock. So we stayed up till two o'clock <laughs> and we're a bit tardy. We should have read the small print. Um, they, they sent vehicles for us the next day. They were picking us up and they were taking us to Granada Studios um, um, for filming. But filming started at nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so we, we were a bit worse the wear um, but I don't think we disgraced ourselves. Um, um, so how the format worked is you had 90 minutes on your home team, you then had a video round, you then had a specialist round, and then you had on the buzzer. And I think we probably were weaker on the buzzer, but we were good on the specialist rounds. And uh, myself, Smithy and Chris Crichton did various ones, but I've only got two shows on film. And Neil Smith um, does the 1976-77 season as his specialist subject and was robbed. You know, this is up there with Bobby Moore and a bracelet <laughs> in Bogota and I will I promise people I will post the video up and Neil is like a machine as he runs through the questions from the 1976-77 season and for some bizarre reason Simon O'Brien asked Neil about the Scottish international that Chelsea bought in 1979 so quite naturally Neil says Eamon Bannon because Eamon Bannon is the correct answer. Not 76-7, seven, two years after. And he was told he was incorrect and the answer was David Hay. Now, obviously Neil was just, and it's, this is yeah, recorded TV, I think Neil was quite shocked. Um, um, and obviously that cost us two points. Um, and we spoke to ITV afterwards and sort of demanding a stewards inquiry. And if we'd had the internet then and our mobile phones, we'd say, it's and bloody Bannon for crying out loud. I think they gave us the points back eventually, but I think we'd lost by three points, but Whoa. I think it just knocked us back, you know. Um, but to be fair, we, uh, we did three shows up there, uh, same drill, up to Manchester, Night in Manchester. I kept receipts as well, because it wasn't just eating in the hotel. When we went out, they'd cover all of our costs going out as well. So we did the bar call before we went back to the hotel and I just sent the bill in the ITV and, and they paid it. Um, um, another memorable one was, um, and my Welsh isn't very good, but we're on the way back uh, and I mentioned Bob Barrett. Bob and I, and I can't remember the pub. If if you know Manchester Piccadilly, the pub in Manchester Station, it's now on the first floor, but it used to be on the ground floor, I think. And um, we're chatting to this Stuttgart fan, which clearly... He's got a still got um, scarf on, and we're reminding him about Zola's goal in 1998. And the Welsh actor, um, uh, apologies in my
0: role,
2: Ian Griffith, is walking across the station concourse, heading to his train back to London. And Bob goes, "Oi, hornblower, come here!" So, what do you do if you're a famous actor? Do you ignore the drunken Chelsea fans? Oi, hornblower, come here! Or walk over and engage in conversation and join them for a drink well what a gentleman he was he joined us for for a drink um and ironically we were on the same train back to london <laughs> and it was standing room only so you couldn't get a seat so he was stuck with bob and i and we'd, we'd got a takeaway um from the off license in the station and We were just giving him Kansas Stella from Manchester all the way down to Milton Keynes where there was a change of trains and people got off and he was able to get a seat. And he said, oh, do you mind if I walk down and get a seat in another carriage? And we go, yeah, absolutely fine. But to his credit, you know, he talked about his film career, talked about Hornblower um he talked about going to los angeles and i think he was filming 102 101 dalmatians and black hawk down which is a great film and he obviously gone on you know he's still an actor this day made mem- memorable films but bob said to him here's my address you know would you send me some signed photos and to his credit he did yeah fair play so the guy you know emerges with a hell of a lot of credit just uh you know schmoozing with a couple of drunken chelsea fans um but it, we did, didn't stop there um <laughs> <laughs> also another day we were filming up at Gr- Granada Studios and we did the Coronation Street tour. I was so disappointed. Because <laughs> you watch Coronation Street and that myth um so we sneaked out and did our own private tour and we said like we'd go into the Rovers return. But actually there is no Rovers return it's just a front facing part and behind it it's just like a storeroom and we went into sort of like the cabin yeah, looking for eater. Yeah, and it is. It's, it's just it's a front facing. So we're Coronation Street in film. There's just nothing behind it. Um, so that was a bit 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 of a shock. Um, but on the way back that particular day, we met the ground force crew. If you remember your television DIY program, uh, and there was Tommy Walsh and I think Handy Andy might have been on the train. Um, so. We were just behaving like proper lovelies. lovelies by then. We were filming too. Yeah, we were filming at Granada Studios. We'll have, we'll have you know. Um, and obviously they asked about us, so we told them, and they were fascinated. I, Tommy Walsh said he was an Arsenal fan. know, yeah, but I'm sure he's a West Ham fan. I'm sure I've seen him in a West Ham kit since. But West Ham fans, if you're listening to the show, you may not be. You might know better. But it was just like a marvelous time. Some really great memories. A lot of fun. Uh, the two other rounds we did, um, Chris did the 1970 FA Cup run uh, and I think he was robbed as well. Um, I don't know if Simon Bryan's got it in for Chelsea. I don't know because I think one of the questions, I think, was um, which player scored two goals against Chelsea during their 1970 FA Cup run? Jonathan?
1: Which Let's scored, scored two goals against Chelsea in their 1970 Cup run?
2: Throughout the Cup one, one player got two goals against Chelsea in that cup run that season.
0: The Burnley player. McNabb? No. Close though.
2: Mm. Went on to play for Everton. I bet his first. Did we play play Burnley?
1: But then we play Burnley in
2: the uh... we played Burnley. We drew two two in the fourth. And then we
1: then we played them back at home, didn't we?
2: No, no, we drew two all. We were 2-0 up at Stamford Bridge. John Hollins and Alan Hudson got the goal. Oh,
1: right, right, right. It was 2-2 two, two, and they went up there to play and we beat them up there.
0: I bet his first name was Bob. Martin Dobson. See, Martin to... Dobson. I was very... Who that... completely... then played
1: for Everton and then played for England.
2: That was the correct answer. But Damon says no, it was Mick
0: Jones. Everybody knows was the lead guitarist for The Clash. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so on two occasions we did the right answer but they said we did a, stitch a, up a, mate a, stitch did up. you not have
1: said that Mick Jones didn't play for Burnley play
2: played for Leeds indeed because Mick Jones did score two goals he scored at
1: Wembley ah, and, he scored at right. and he scored at Old Trafford yeah.
0: so in yeah. other words
1: they, they'd only done the done the kind of periphery of it yeah. they'd done the latter
0: stages hadn't they Yeah. yeah. interesting
1: stuff Mark- and I did Chelsea in Europe
0: and i, I won't know. say before, you got video. 10 out of 10 i'm gonna i'm gonna we were all very <laughs> impressed mate we were very you impressed. were wonderful you mark were you were wonderful you were it was just like one after the other and i thought bloody hell Mark. anyway so good I after mean. that story all i'm gonna say is i now know why itv digital went bust we bankrupted them with yes,
2: our bar bill. if you imagine 108 groups of supporters five at a time Drinking in Manchester over three or four separate weekends. Wow. And all of the bill being picked up by ITV Digital. No wonder they went bust.
0: That's, I mean, that's 20 grand easily. Oh, e- more? E- more. Four, 50? Well, 20 grand was our bill. Never mind the other 107 God. No wonder they went bust. Anyway, uh, there, was, there was a reason why Mark was also in Manchester. And that was because we played them away. And I think it was one of the best performances of the season. I mean, we won 3-0. Superb goals. Uh, Jimmy scores his uh, first goal for nine hours. Cracker it was. Ida scores a great goal. I mean, it could have been. It could have been six. I mean, soxy hit the bar. Um, you know, we went close a number of times. So we the lovely thing about that. JK was Alex Ferguson shaking his head through gritted teeth, having basically been given an outright pasting by Chelsea. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah lovely, wouldn't it? It was.
1: But um, um, Jimmy Floyd was. Com- Wonderful, but
0: he hadn't scored for nine hours, which is hard to, to remember when you but think but from about it. From then on, oh, for yeah, the rest yeah, yeah, of the season, on fire, he was on remarkable.
1: Fire. And i so I said this in the last um, the last season review, but um, it, it when one is making excuses for a contemporary uh striker who doesn't move or go for the ball at all, and you see the amount of the athletic excellence of Hasselbank. Who really was a quick player as well as well as being as well as being immensely skillful, but with a, a an absolutely superb strike of the ball. I mean, the power into his into everything he did, his headers, his energy, his 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 ability to hit the corner of the goal. When he if he hit hit the ball straight at the goalkeeper, he hated himself. He got so annoyed by that, and and yet so many times pinpoint accuracy into the corner as well yeah. what a player what
0: a player what
1: player. a complete joy anybody would i mean try and look at him on video but you won't you won't be able to appreciate the absolute the superb brilliance of this center forward yeah. i proper, mean proper,
0: proper center forward proper,
2: proper. We, you
1: know we talk about the curse of the center forwards we, you know, we've had Hughes was wonderful, Viali was wonderful, Hasselbank was wonderful, Drogba was wonderful. We've had some, and uh, and Costa was pretty good as well. We've had some pretty good players, and also beside him, good Johnston, superb player, yeah. and as a as a double act, um, peerless, I would say, even better than uh, than Van Nistelrooy and. Um, uh, and who was it that season? Cole, uh, Andy Cole, was it still playing for United? Well, you had Cole season? and
0: York, who were quite a quite a partnership, yeah, no, but, weren't they? But I
1: still felt we were, um, we were. I still felt the team was was blessed with these two, and unfortunately, well, um, d- due to the fiddlings, as we'll get on to it, of the uh, the manager, it um, uh, the team was not yeah, allowed. I mean, to look, John- Jonathan, it's,
0: it's a good point you make, and I wrote an article, one of my last for Football London, that, that picked up on this, but. That season or this season, uh, good Johnson and uh, Hasselbank together scored 52 goals each, and Hasselbank scored 29 of them. That's the best, I mean, that, that, that they are the best pair or are up there with, with Dixon and Speedy. I think I, I don't think yeah. you will find a Chelsea Stripe pair who statistically can compare to Dixon and Speedy quite like. Jimmy and uh, I did it. They were that good. What,
1: what, I, what I loved about Good Johnson was, well, both of them, Good Johnson as well, was the angle so that they got the ball into the goal yeah. from. It just that uh, the and the the the, the control, that the little moments where you know the ball would be biffed forward, and Good Johnson would control it. It was, was Hughes like in his abilities, yeah. control it on his chest, um, flick it up, flick it over the fo- over the uh, the centre half, and then and then wait for the goalkeeper to commit himself yeah. before pa- before passing it into yeah. the net. I mean. Absolutely superb stuff. They, they were Johnson brilliant. Johnson was a fabulous player paired together. And uh, I honestly think if he played a consistent side, which we will pick out later, they would have won everything. They were at, with these two, you should have played completely to their strengths all the well, time. Well, I think if I
0: can put a coder me. on that, which to emphasize your point, if you've yeah. got your Strike Force scoring 52, I mean, you know, we, we will. Uh, get into this later but a bit of a sneaky preview if you've got a strike pairing that can score 52 goals in a season you really should be thinking about winning the league the trouble was uh nobody else got into double figures yeah that that i mean well, we, we, we were all, we we will revisit that later but i think it just emphasizes the point you're making right very quickly exactly. being chelsea we go uh, we go and beat we smash uh united as i said it could have been six nil we then lose to Charlton one nil at home with a Kevin Lisby eighty ninth minute goal, and then we. To be dro- fair, though, but the,
1: the, the centre for the for the Lisby goal was was Lisby himself falling over in front of the linesman, not being touched by anybody, yeah, just totally, falling over, totally and the right. linesman
0: flagging. I mean, totally what right. What on earth? Totally some right. of these officials
1: are. Oh, I know. Goodness.
0: Totally right. Uh, we then go up to Sunderland uh, and actually are lucky. We should have lost that really, but Kevin Phillips had his. Penalty saved by Carlo Cudicini, who around this period of the season was earning himself quite a reputation as a as a great penalty saver. We then have Newcastle uh, at home in the League Cup in the fifth round, and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank kind of rescues that tie with a 90th-minute goal. And then we've got Liverpool at home, uh, and uh, a lot of people, including Mr. Meehan, have called this our best performance of the season. Uh, we win 4-0. Laso scores on the third minute, Jimmy on 28, Dalla Bonner 71, Good Johnson on ninety. Carlos uh, uh, saves another penalty, this time from McAllister in fifty minutes. But Mark, you were impressed with this performance, weren't you?
2: Uh, and another example of, sort of Hasselbank, Good Johnson sort of combination. Again, if, if people are listening and they haven't seen this, watch the video back. Watch this game back. There's a pass, you know, from Ida for Hasselbank's goal. It's just a joy to see. Yeah, and so many times during the course of this season they were setting each other up for goals Um, and they weren't scoring tapping goals. They were scoring really good goals. You know, they were just, the pair of them were just a joy to watch. As you said, 52 goals, what a tremendous partnership, but also you're seeing that emergence of Carlo Cudicini becoming that cult hero as well. You know, he saved the, the previous week, the penalty of Kevin Phillips and he saves a penalty in this game as well from Gary McAllister. And He's firmly now the number one choice, and he'll go on to play the remaining games of the season as first choice. Bosnich picked up an injury. Ed Dehoy is out in the cold. Um, but a fine game by Kudoshini, a fine, fine performance, a four-nil win over Liverpool, who are no mugs. You know, Gerard Julio was their manager. They were emerging once again. If you watch the video, there's a young Steven Gerrard, you know, play, playing in this game. Well,
0: they, 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 they've, won, they've won three trophies the season before: yeah, league, yeah, league, right. and FA Cup, and the the cup one is cup or the UEFA Cup. I can't remember which. Very,
2: very, very good win. So another, like the Man United game, one of the high points of the season where we could easily have won by a lot more. Mm. And then and then we have a little little, you you say, a little run of good form as well. But then some more typical Chelsea. Well, we
0: we, we hammer we hammer Bolton five one with another superb performance. Uh, the notable thing about that is Frank Lampard's first league goal. So it took him until pretty much the end of December to score his first league goal for the club. Of course, he scored against Levski, uh, Levski Sofia as we know earlier on in the season. Uh, we then lose typically to our bogey side Arsenal two one away. We didn't play that badly, but good Campbell goal and a spawny wiltored goal from outside the, the area. We then go up to Newcastle, uh, who are actually at the top of the league at this stage, and we beat them 2-1 with two goals from Ida Good-Johnson. So, same old Chelsea, up and down, you know, lose the shit teams. No, I mean, you can't call Arsenal a shit team in those days. But, you know, we could beat the best in the land on our day. And, I mean, in the space of… Wonderful second goal
1: from Good-Johnson. Yes. Two defenders. Yeah, Brilliant. Early, yeah. Wonderful cross from from Jimmy Floyd. As you said, they're just contributing to each other's… Totally. And totally.
0: But we can we can we can I mean in the space of what? A couple of weeks, we'd beaten Man United away 3-0, Liverpool at home 4-0, and we'd beaten Newcastle away 2 1 and 1-0 in the League Cup. So, you know, we were and I think Bolton around that time were kind of peak peak Sam Allardyce, weren't they? So they were no mugs. So, you know, we had a bit, bit of a rich vein of form in December, apart from the spawny Arsenal loss. We finished the end of the year in sixth position. So you know, and, and in and this? in and in and in both cups still, obviously, Jonathan.
1: This is about the Saints game, which was bizarre because we were no, because we're going to do
0: that in part two. Oh, I
1: thought we were talking about that then. No, nope, we're going
0: to have a quick break because uh, otherwise, Are we? I'd, yeah, like I'd like that. Yeah, because I'm mindful you. of the fact that Sorry. it's been an hour and forty minutes, and you haven't had a wee yet
1: indeed no and the wee's not the problem it's not the bladder it's the uh, you've got you've got
0: you've got the bag now uh, i'm glad to hear that that's good news i've got
1: the full set everything bucket
0: anyway whilst jonathan goes to empty his bag or bucket uh we're going to have a quick break uh and then we're going to come back for part two of the 50 years of chelsea season 2001 to 2002 we'll see you all soon